1: Good morning. It is Wednesday, November 1st. It's five minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, except Rob Kendall has the day off, and that guy is Brad Klappenstein. Thank you for coming in today, Brad. Good
2: morning, Casey. Now, we have to behave ourselves now. We so do? My, my dad lives down in Newburgh, down by Evansville, mm-hmm. and he shuttles cars for a local car dealership that has several dealerships down in Evansville, and they have one in Lebanon. So, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, he drives a car from Evansville up to Lebanon and enters turns around. So at about 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. he is within the radius to listen to us. Okay. So my dad is now listening. So don't, don't let us embarrass ourselves on Central Indiana Radio.
1: Oh, well, thank gosh we have one listener. We know for
2: sure. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Dad. Brad's
1: dad. We're doing all of this for you. And we'll we'll try and keep it clean. Okay, so let's call this segment Trump Time. It's just the Trump lightning round. Is it like hammer time? It's it's a lot to, to cover in a short amount. We got a long way to go in a short time to get there, Brad. Okay? We can do this. Okay. So the trial to boot him off the ballot in Colorado, that kicked off this week. Uh, lawyer for the former president, claimed that it's a tawdry definition of insurrection, and that's what they're using as an excuse to stop him from running for president in the state of Colorado. Now, some anti-Trump groups are trying to follow suit in Michigan and Minnesota. They're saying that the 14th Amendment would prevent Trump from running in twenty-four.
2: Now, these are all kind of left leaning states I've <laughs> noticed. Think? So, yeah.
1: Colorado, so, Michigan, Minnesota. Yeah. Michigan has flip flopped back and forth. It Michigan has. is more of a purple state. Uh, it really depends on what section of the state you're talking about, too, because Detroit can be very blue, Grand Rapids can be very blue the rest of the state is very red. right? So the 14th Amendment says anyone who swore an oath to uphold the Constitution and then engage in an insurrection or rebellion is disqualified from holding higher office.
2: So I'm fascinated to watch how this is going to go to see if a state can usurp federal law mm. and basically, yeah, which uh, and some of this is, I'm sure that their angle is, States are allowed to conduct their own elections, and you know they, they just report then to Washington, D.C. Here's where our electors are, and here's who we vote for, and then you know, the primaries are basically a function of the political parties. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see how much a state can insert itself, and in it. I'm also curious to see if this, this lawsuit goes anywhere, or if it is dismissed in the order that it was received.
1: Yeah. Uh, also this week, Dr. Ben Carson, he endorsed Trump for president.
3: You know, Benjamin Franklin was asked in 1787 after they finished the Constitutional Convention, sir, what do we have here, a monarchy or a republic? He said, a republic if you can keep it. The way we can keep it is we can put Donald J. Trump back in office. And as I stand here today, I want to offer my most confident and full endorsement of Donald J. Trump.
1: Okay, so a lot of people really respect him. They do. And as far as endorsements go, that's probably a pretty good one for Trump to have. It's not a bad one. Yeah.
2: No. No. But but does it matter? No. Endorsement? No, (laughs) Trump's the frontrunner. Now, I have said before, and I will say it again, Mm -hmm. the first party to dump their frontrunner, be that either Biden or Trump, Mm -hmm. will win the presidential election. You think so? I know so. Why do you say that? Because they are wildly unpopular and polarizing, and the first party that can get somebody who's under the age of 75, Mm -hmm. who is a moderate, on the ballot, I think people will flock to that person.
1: It's interesting you bring that up, because just yesterday, the Biden campaign has started attacking Trump for his age. Yeah. You know, there's been all of this mental acuity talk about Joe Biden, and now they're starting to release videos online questioning Donald Trump's They're only two years apart. Right. Um, Well, if you're in South Carolina... You're still a big fan of Donald Trump, apparently, because he is uh, still dominating in that state and coming in a clear second place, although a distant second place, is Nikki Haley. So 53% of voters in South Carolina said that Donald Trump is their first choice. 22% picking Nikki Haley, followed by Ron DeSantis, who sits at 11%. Tim Scott, who is also from South Carolina, is only at 6%.
2: So yeah, that's interesting because the two South Carolinians mm-hmm. are running second and fourth, mm-hmm. a distant second and fourth. Um, I, I personally think Nikki Haley would be a, a very good choice for the Republicans to uh, to get behind. So we'll see if she continues to gain traction. Um, but it can't be at the expense of the other fifteen that are in in that are in the running that are showing up to the debates. I mean, it has she. Her or somebody else has to cut into the Trump lead. Otherwise, you're just playing with numbers that will never add up to more than 50%.
1: Okay, well, Trump is leading Haley by 50 percentage points among those with college degrees and also 40 points among Republicans uh, total. But this is a clear message to Tim Scott, I think. He's only sitting at 6% in his own home state.
2: Yeah, well, it's time
1: to move on. It's read the room. Mike guess is that's one of the
2: reasons Mike Pence dropped out. He looked around. I mean, he was going to run sixth or seventh in Indiana.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a message. Uh, also, with Donald Trump, Byron Donalds weighed in, and he's appearing to keep the door open to serve as Donald Trump's vice president. If he were asked. And now he was asked the question by a reporter if he would accept a role as vice president, and this was his answer.
0: I want to switch gears real quick, ask you about 2024, because I know some people would have liked to see you get the gavel, get, become speaker, but others say, well, maybe you have a different road ahead. Would you accept uh, the vice president uh, position if Donald Trump asked you to be his partner?
2: Well, look, Maria, first of all, I'll tell you, um, for Speaker Mike Johnson, I am happy for him. He's going to do a tremendous job leading the House of Representatives. You have a man of impeccable character, impeccable integrity. And uh, the members have rallied around him. We're going to get back to work and do our jobs. Uh, With respect to uh, being uh, potentially on the ticket, that's really up to the president. Uh, I have no control over that. The only thing I'll say is I just want to do whatever I can to get our country on track. That's what I've always been committed to. So yeah. no matter what the role is, it's about getting our country back on track. Okay, that seemed like kind of a non-answer to me. It was a non-answer. Maybe he effectively was saying, uh, let me talk to Mike Pence and see how that worked out f- for him, and mm. then I'll get back to you.
1: Do you think that's what it was? I, I, don't I think know. if He'd... you like think that you would be good enough to be vice president, you should say, heck yeah, yeah, put me
2: it, in, coach. Exactly. I, I, I Yeah, I would like... I know that people don't want to appear like they have a giant ego. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he has a giant ego, and I'm sure his mine. Of mind. He's course like, he does. He's a politician. Yeah, I'd be a great vice president. In fact, that'd be a fantastic president. I want to get in with that old guy because mm-hmm. you know what? He's not going to make it through his entire term, and that puts me in the chair.
1: I think that just shows maybe a little bit of uh, insecurity or inexperience or possibly youth that he didn't grab it. Yes, Maria, I think I'd be a fantastic vice president. I should talk to Donald Trump about that.
2: Yes. Um, now, I, I don't know what what is going on in his district in Florida on whether or not that seat could be at risk if he appeared that he was spending too much time trying to be vice president and not enough time trying to be a congressman. Mm. So, I mean, there's probably other things at play and he probably has advisors who have said, yeah, don't get too anxious on this because the last time Trump picked a vice presidential candidate it was only because his plane had trouble and he had to Spend the night in Indianapolis, and he went with the last person he talked
1: to. <laughs> We're playing the Trump lightning round right now, and uh, he has said in Iowa that he has more than $100 million in legal fees as the court battles are you know, ticking up. And I don't know if you saw this, but just yesterday, George Conway, Kellyanne Conway's ex, said that Trump is going to have to liquidate everything to pay all of these legal fees, including his place in Florida. I don't know if I believe he's going to have to liquidate everything. That that to me sounds a
2: little bit like some trash talk. It does. It's based on his financial reports that he's in trouble for. He still has in the billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Although, how funny would it be if Trump went to the court and said, "Yep, I'm insolvent. I need a public defender, please."
1: <laughs> oh, and who would who would take that? Who would want that job? <laughs>
2: oh, there's somebody out there.
1: There was also this new poll that came out of Iowa that says uh, Nikki Haley is tied for second there, and uh, she has. Increased her position by 10% since the last poll was done in Iowa. So she's really surging right now. She is. But is it going to be enough to even come close to catching him?
2: If if I mean, Donald
1: Trump draws passion out of people. He does. Does Nikki Haley do that? And people Possibly. are voting. People are voting on their feelings now, Brad.
2: They, they are. And it, although traditionally somebody surges, and it's like a Vivek Ramaswamy, mm-hmm. who was, you know, the the darling of the moment and then the luster kind of falls off. DeSantis peaked way early. Mm -hmm. Nikki Haley might be peaking now and usually you get about a six week to two month window and then all of a sudden you start to fall and somebody else starts to rise so she might be peaking too early.
1: Okay, so her campaign has been going for a long time now. She was like the first to officially launch a campaign and announce she was running for president. Her campaign message has largely remained the same. Now, there's the saying that wars make presidents, right? So what's going on in the Middle East could really affect Joe Biden, how he handles this. But it could also affect these candidates and their talking points. Well, and
2: Nikki Haley was our representative to the United Nations. She's mm-hmm. got international chops. I mean, if you look at the field, she's probably as good as anybody on dealing on an international stage. She's clearly intelligent. Um it, she might hold on a little bit longer than some others that are just kind of a flash in a pan.
1: Yeah. Well, I think she's, she's definitely going to make it to New Hampshire. And speaking of New Hampshire, on uh, Monday, the Democrats launched a write-in campaign for Biden because he passed on putting his name on the primary ballot there. He wanted South Carolina to go first, so his name's <laughs> not even on the ballot. But now they're saying, oh, no, we, we maybe we made a mistake.
2: You think? Why, yeah. no, why would you pass? Why would you pass putting your name on any ballot if you know you're going to be running, even if you think that you're running unopposed. So, curiously, Dean Phillips, who's a congressman from the west side of Minneapolis. You up know in him. Minnesota, I know him. So, I had to fire, this is how old this phone is. I had to go back three phones. Mm-hmm. I, it's an old Windows phone. Yeah. They haven't even made a Windows phone in seven or eight years. I fired that thing up last night. I have his cell number in that phone, so I put it in my, my new phone and I sent him a text this morning. I wasn't even sure if it was an active number. I haven't talked to the man. Did he reply to you? He responded. He said...
1: Did you ask him, why are you running for president?
2: I did not ask him that. I just said, hey, I'm going to be... Sitting in on WIBC, and we'd love to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey, great to hear from you. Email this email address. I'm looking forward to talking to you.
1: He big timed you, huh? He, so he said, he'd Go through the proper channels. Don't just text me.
2: Well, the man's running for president now, mm-hmm. and he is a congressman. He, and I'm imagining it's kind of a busy week for him. So, but yeah. I, I still have his number.
1: But what's his platform? Because the only thing that I've heard him say is that Joe Biden's too old.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's a Gen Xer, I mean, and he's a moderate. That's, so, now, you and I should like him. So, he used to be CEO of Phillips Distilling Company, mm-hmm. who makes UV vodka and prairie vodka. So, the man's worth, allegedly, $77 million. He now owns a small chain of coffee shops in, in Minneapolis, and he's living life.
1: Okay. Does he have the money to run for president?
2: Um, $77 million is a fine start on getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he could completely self-fund, but he could... Certainly get himself in into the conversation.
1: Okay, no, I was surprised when you said that you knew Dean Phillips, uh, the Democrat from Minnesota who said he's running against Joe Biden. Uh, you said he's a nice guy. Yeah. You had a beer with him. Yeah. and I
2: Probably more than one.
1: You had, you had a beer with a Democrat and you said, well, you know, I didn't know his politics.
2: I did not know his politics. So we were at the American Beverage Licensees Convention out mm-hmm. in Las Vegas and he was there pitching vodka and the other things that they have and we were talking about things that we could do with... Uh, with that company in Indiana for um, the bar owners that I was representing, mm-hmm. but he's just a guy. I mean, he's a nice guy, and yeah, he didn't. He's not all full of himself. He's, you know, he he just he's a guy that could be sitting here right now, and you'd, you'd say, oh, this guy might work at WIBC. He might be in mid-level sales somewhere, or he might be a congressman.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, did you hear that uh, Biden and Xi Jinping from China are going to meet in San Francisco? In November.
2: They're going to have a beer, maybe uh, take in a, a Warriors game or something. Uh-huh. November could
1: be a crazy month. If you think about this, you got daylight saving time, you have the election, you have the GOP debate, you've got Biden meeting with Xi Jinping in... November. I mean, all of these things are happening. Um, I'm really curious if Biden is going to ask Xi about China investing $400 billion in Iran's economy over the next 25 years.
2: I hope they do ask. Could you imagine being the translators for that meeting, trying to decipher what it is that Joe Biden is saying, and then translate that into Chinese and then back?
1: Well, they're going to need a translator for both of them They will to it, translate what to, Joe Biden's saying. Yeah to, yeah,
2: to go through that nonsense. But yes, I, I hope that he asks the Hard questions or draws the hard line and says, you know what? You might not want to cozy up to a ran because they're about to be non-existent.
1: It is 20 minutes after 10. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or
0: all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. <laughs>
1: Good morning, it is 24 minutes after 10. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Rob has the day off today. Brad Klappenstein is in. And uh, did you see yesterday, Elon Musk was joining Joe Rogan. It was the fourth time that he was on the uh, Joe Rogan Experience podcast. And they were talking about all sorts of things. They they talked about zombie apocalypse. And they made, uh, well, Elon Musk made a really cringy joke at one point. They were talking about the Israel-Hamas war. And Elon Musk said something about hummus instead. And Joe Rogan was trying to move on, but then Elon stuck with it and was yelling out chickpeas. Or it it just was an awkward moment of the podcast. Like Joe Rogan was like, I don't want to make these jokes. I don't want to talk about this. Of course, uh, Elon Musk taking a little bit of heat because he offered to send uh, Starlink to Gaza and the Israeli government said uh, Hamas <laughs> will just use it for terrorist activities.
2: Yes. Elon Musk is a fascinating guy. Yeah. Um, he's obviously has a few bunny and Sure. He can and, do what yes. he wants. and he just chases things that that interest him. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, this whole Starlink thing can is has the potential to completely redefine internet and how you get your internet service and i can see where israel is like um yeah they don't need any more ways to communicate we would like to control where their water comes from and their electricity and their internet Mm -hmm. so thank you but no thank you um he uh,
1: said that the starlink would only be used for humanitarian reasons
2: I don't know how you can control that. That's like saying you can only have access to half the internet.
1: Right, humanitarian reasons of communication. Okay, uh, but they were one of the things they were talking about is uh, climate change, and this is an interesting take from Elon Musk. He debunks every climate myth ever told right here.
4: Well, if you it's, get him alone so, for a few days, I mean, and I, I, I'm in favor of. I'm pro environment, but the the. the, the in the limit uh, if you go if if you take environmentalism to an extreme you start to view humanity as a plague on the surface of the earth like a like a mold or something right um, and but it's if this is actually false the earth could could take probably 10 times the, the current civilization the, the population could be you could 10x the population without uh, destroying the rainforest
1: yeah so you could 10x the population.
4: I think
2: that's probably accurate. Back yeah. when we were children in the 70s, and the population of the world was only what three billion people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, once we get to five billion, there will be mass starvation, and and we'll never be able to sustain." It's amazing. Modern agriculture has been able to keep up with population increases for eons, and in fact, they've gotten better at it. So, I tend to believe that modern agriculture will continue to keep up with the demands of an increasing population. And yes, there's lots of places. Anybody who's driven across the country will know there's still a lot of places to put people. And we haven't even tapped into Canada and lots of other areas around the world. So... I think that there's room to grow. Now I think that we probably we can't just go out and loot our resources like they were prone to do in the 1800s and early 1900s. We have to at least be somewhat cognizant of what's going on. But yes, there's we could probably have ten times the population and we will be fine.
1: They got on the topic of George Soros. Soros, George Soros, and uh, Elon had some comments about him.
4: I mean, Soros actually. You know, it, he, he is, I believe, the top contributor to the Democratic Party. Um, the second one was uh, Sam Beckwithreed. Sam Backward Freed. Freed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, and, and Soros, I don't know, I mean, he had a very difficult upbringing. Um, and uh, I, in my opinion, he fundamentally hates humanity. That's my opinion. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, he's doing things that erode the fabric of civilization. You know, uh, getting DAs elected who refuse to prosecute crime. That's part of the problem in San Francisco, and LA, and a bunch of other cities. So why would you do that? Was it humanity,
1: or is it just the United States as a whole?
4: I mean, is I mean he's pushing things places. in other countries, too. Not doing just the here. same thing? Yeah.
1: So, we started the show by talking about how money is speech, right? It is. And he's sitting there saying that George Soros is trying to um, erode the fabric of civilization. Why aren't there a bunch of rich Republicans who are doing what George Soros did and try and get these DAs put everywhere?
2: There were, the Koch brothers were trying to do that for a while. Um, at least one of them has passed away now. Uh, there are others, but when you're talking about people with that amount of money, mm-hmm. that is a limited number, and then mm-hmm. people who feel compelled to all their money into politics, that number even dwindles. Now, I was thinking during that, Kevin, if you could get George Soros to come on as a guest on the show tomorrow, that would be great. So, yeah. it, it, when we're done here, if you could try to line that up, that would be awesome.
5: Yeah, I might have some connections that have his number. Fire up the cell phone. Yeah, fire up an old cell phone. I mean, maybe you guys used to be drinking buddies. You
1: know. <laughs> We've got your voicemails coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
2: It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN.
1: 7-6-8-4-8-4-4-4. That's the phone number with your voicemails, questions, comments, smart remarks, whatever you'd like to contribute. We'd like to hear from you. It's 1033. It is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Brad Kloppenstein in for Rob Kendall, who has the day off. No, he is not candy hungover. He just has the day off. But we did have. Few conversations about how or if Rob would pass out candy and how he would go about doing that. And somebody called and uh, wanted to share a costume idea that they implemented one year.
0: Hi, Casey and Rob. I just wanted to call and comment about yesterday's talk regarding Rob and the Halloween candy. I hope he actually sat outside the local government session or at least. Asked history trivia to the kids. <laughs> I have to tell you, back in the day, when Halloween, my son went as a ballot box. It was when Obama was uh, running against Romney, and we created a costume out of an actual cardboard box, decorated it in red, white, and blue, with signs for all the for each candidate. We then created slots that you would drop the candy into to vote, and they would actually fall into a bag. So that my son could count how many votes he had for each candidate at the end of the night. It was probably the best costume out there. People were really excited to vote. And looking back that night, I think we had proof of ballot harvesting as people got <laughs> excited and dropped several pieces of candy for their chosen candidate, not just one. So maybe an idea for a future costume for baby Olivia. Yeah. Hope everyone had a safe Halloween. God bless.
1: <laughs> it's a very scientific polling. It with is. The, with the Halloween costume. Talk about-
2: Wow, that, that is genius for that kid encouraging uh-huh. people to stuff the ballot box. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. More votes, please. <laughs> okay, so uh, yesterday we were talking about Diego Morales, Secretary of State, how he was handing out spot bonuses. 68 of his 75 staff members all got spot bonuses uh, totaling over $300,000, and we got a call about that. Hi, Rob. Hi,
2: Katie. This is Brian from Brownsburg. Uh, I was calling to comment on uh, the spot bonuses from uh, Diego Morales. Um, I'm a former state employee myself, uh, 14 years. And uh, a lot of times those spot bonuses uh, did not go to employees that necessarily deserve them. Um, Every once in a great while you would look at these bonuses and say yeah they deserved it but most of the time it was uh yeah it pays to be in that click and uh that's all i got to say about that love your show have a good one
1: so some favoritism so going on. The biggest
2: butt kisser bonuses. Mm-hmm. It sounds like. Imagine being the seven who didn't get one.
1: Right. How would you feel? You're not. I, in the, I, I, you're not in the club.
2: You're not in the club, and that means you. Yes, you might want to start looking for employment elsewhere. But yeah, does Diego think he's Oprah Winfrey? You get a spot bonus, and huh. you get a bonus.
1: You get a bonus. Come on, Diego. Yeah. Um. Uh, the, I was thinking the same thing. If you're one of those people who didn't get the bonus, maybe. Start updating the resume.
2: Now, I, I was just texted. There's a hit piece going out in Lawrence mm-hmm. that is comparing the Republican for mayor to Diego Morales.
1: Oh, really? Yes. In so, what... Diego
2: is part of a hit piece now.
1: Okay. In what way? Do you know? Does it say?
2: Uh, oh, yeah. Well, it's not published it, it, yet, huh? It. Acts, I, I will share it with you, but basically, it's got a... Uh, red MAGA hat superimposed over Diego, mm-hmm. and Todd Rukita is also on this piece, okay. and then it's got Dave Hoffman, who's the candidate for mayor, with a superimposed MAGA hat over him, saying that they're all cut from the same cloth, and I'm like, Diego Morales, that's crossing the line. That's a low blow.
1: Okay, Kevin, this next voicemail, this one is for you. Hey, I know uh, Rob's
0: name is on the marquee, but uh, Kevin, uh, I really like the money uh, for the intro to the voicemail segment. That's all. Bye.
5: <laughs> yeah, have you noticed that since I made that, I've been mm-hmm. playing it every day. I know. And Rob. <laughs> to Rob's yeah, yeah, much to <laughs> his dismay. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I kind of like it. I think we should just stick with it. Just
1: stick with it. Well, he's not here today, so he didn't get a say, right? Right. <laughs> and you know what? Tomorrow, he won't be behind the board, so you do what you want to do, Kevin, okay?
5: Yeah, I'm going to take ownership of this, and we're going to go forward with this <laughs> Keep pushing music.
2: forward.
1: I like it.
5: As I recall, you guys could only find two songs
2: that ever even referenced voicemails, so <laughs> you'd originally just chosen one of the two kind of on the fly. <laughs> I, I, I'm i glad to see that you're venturing out. Well, there's Yeah. There's
5: also uh, Carly Rae Jepsen's mm-hmm. pop song, uh, Call Me Call Maybe. and yeah. I know Rob really hates that. Well,
1: oh, and I suggested uh, the Divinals, Ring Me Up is another one, but that, that may be a deeper cut. You probably know that song. The Divinals, song. that
2: is a deep cut. Yeah. I'm a big
5: fan of the Divinals.
1: It's a, it's, I like that song. It's yeah. a good
5: one. Originally, I thought about mashing up different songs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I can do that in the future. Okay.
1: All right, we uh, got another phone call. Uh, Mike Pence dropped out of the presidential race. Did you hear that?
5: I didn't know
2: he was running.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that, that happened this week. And uh, we got a phone call about that. So
3: you guys were talking about what if Pence had sent the election back to the states. Um, So that raises the question of if they hadn't, if the states hadn't been able to resolve, I know this is a what if scenario, but like if the states hadn't been able to resolve the issues within three weeks, because Biden was inaugurated uh, like two and a half, three weeks later, um, who would have been president of the United States then? Because, it would have been Biden, because he couldn't be inaugurated while the election still up in the air. Uh, Trump and Pence's term technically would have been over and, until it was officially announced who won the—until the election was certified. So the next level of secession would have been the Speaker of the House, which you would think, oh, Nancy Pelosi then. We'd have President Nancy Pelosi, which is a scary thought. But every Congress, every new Congress has to reelect a speaker—elect or reelect a Speaker of the House. So she— technically wouldn't have been speaker of the house so i guess it would have fallen to the president pro temp of the senate which i believe was chuck grassley so we would have either have had a president nancy pelosi or a president chuck grassley until the election was resolved um so that's kind of that would have been like a whole mess of issues right there
1: A bigger mess than when we already had? Yes. Okay, so I put this one on you, Brad, to do a little research because I'm not a constitutional attorney, nor do I play one on the radio. So what would have happened?
2: So I consulted my brain trust, Mm -hmm. and the best we could come up with is the Constitution never envisioned a scenario where this would happen. Mm. So I believe that Trump was counting on being able to stay in office with the support of the FBI and the Department of Justice until the Supreme Court could sort it out or the states came back with a different result. So it would not they were not anticipating that it would fall to somebody else. However it is not specifically laid out in the Constitution, Mm -hmm. so it would have been open to the courts to try to interpret how to handle that. It would have been a mess. We are very fortunate it did not happen.
1: Well, I am certain that somebody who is smarter than both of us will correct us if we're wrong on that. I I guarantee that'll happen. Okay, another phone call. Uh, Yesterday, we were talking about the OnlyFans, the school teacher who got busted being on the OnlyFans, and her friend who's making a million dollars doing it, so maybe not a bad choice for them. But somebody called and had a comment about filters and dating sites.
3: Rob, I completely agree with you about the dating website thing. Uh, I am a huge advocate for getting rid of the filters that people can use on dating sites because, I mean, they make themselves look like, you know, gorgeous women. I mean, you might be thinking, oh, I'm going to meet up with someone who looks like Michelle Pfeiffer, and then you meet up in person, and it's Barney Five coming at you. Um, So, yeah, I'm all for, I I wish these dating apps would not allow filters. Like, if you try to upload a photo with a filter, it should reject the photo because it's getting ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Okay, so...
2: (laughs) Tom Knotts was a handsome fellow, especially when he had on a bow tie.
1: You know, I understand what he's saying, that it's, uh, it's a little bit of what misinformation or you know you're misrepresenting yourself but the same could be said for dudes I mean you know you could be driving around some fancy sports car and they think oh this guy's loaded right and then it turns out he's In debt up to his eyeballs.
2: Women don't care about men's money.
1: Oh, you're right.
2: No, no, but...
1: but what are we going to do, like, in the dating world? Uh, I need your medical history, too. It's
2: it's just like any other dating. You just have to weed through it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have an acquaintance, and who I, I've met through my wife, and she would do that. She would put a heavy filter on mm-hmm. and then go on these dating apps, and she could never understand why she would could never get a second date from any of these people. It's like, it's because you did the bait and switch. You don't look anything like this photo you have posted. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she slimmed herself down. Sure. She you know gave herself a very nice, rosy complexion. Mm-hmm. And the guys get there, and they were like, who are you?
1: Okay, is that any different though than doing like Botox in real life? Um,
2: not necessarily. Because neither one
1: of them are authentic.
2: Oh, yeah, at They're least
1: to both to enhance your looks.
2: They do enhance your looks, although I think at least Botox, you look in person like you do in the picture when you're Botoxed in. Okay. I mean, it's Unless no different than makeup or sure. or anything else. I mean, it. But I, I think if you're using a filter, there's no way you can replicate that in real life.
1: All right, one last phone call. We were talking about food deserts, downtown Indy, and somebody had mentioned that the public transportation, we keep putting money into that to get people on the bus to go to the grocery store.
0: So I just heard a caller about the food desert and taking a bus to get to a grocery store. Yeah, that would work, but you have to remember, you can't carry very many groceries back to home on a bus. Thanks. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So now I I will say, when I first started with the Greater Lawrence Chamber, I heard a lot about Lawrence was a food desert. I'm like, really? There seems to be a lot of markets around here. Mm -hmm. So we actually mapped it out, and part of the problem was they say, well, we're you know so many of these people are four miles away from a grocery store. Well, a there's a giant state park right in the middle, so they include that distance, but they also would not include all the little Hispanic neighborhood markets in that in what they were figuring out. So. All those little markets have fine produce and pretty much anything you could you would want to find at a Kroger. Uh, it's not, not always the same brand name, but I'm always skeptical when they say food deserts. Mm-hmm. There's places that you can get food, and it's typically very relatively convenient. It's just not always what you're familiar with.
1: All right. That phone number, 317-684-8444, if you would like to uh, leave us a voicemail for tomorrow's show. It's 10 minutes in front of 11 it's the kendall and casey show on 93 wibc rob kendall has the day off today brad kloppenstein is in the studio filling in and also jason hammer from the number one rated hammer and nigel program how are you feeling My butt is great.
6: (laughs) My butt is fantastic. No polyps. None. Yay, good for you. Mm Zero. Like, as a matter of fact, the doctor said my butt is so clean, you could have dinner out of it, Casey. You could literally eat a steak out of my anus. It would be
1: cleaner than a plate in your kitchen right now. That's how healthy my backside is. Oh, disgusting. So I was going to text you last night and see how you were doing, but I thought you might be napping. So tell me about... Just a little bit about your butt stuff experience. So this was
6: my first time, right? I was a uh, virgin colonoscopy Mm -hmm. uh, patient. And the way they do it was they gave me a little of that propofol stuff. Mm -hmm. They turn you on your side. They give you a little propofol. Mm -hmm. And then I wake up and I'm done. Right. I get why Michael Jackson was addicted to that stuff, man. I get it because... It sure is swell. Yeah, you just put you right out, didn't it? It does. I remember being on my side and mm-hmm. I'm looking, you know, at like the the camera thing and I'm thinking Okay, I wonder when this is going to kick in. I wonder when this is... Boom. And you were out. Yeah, and I woke up, and you know, it was a little groggy, a little delirious. That's where the picture mm-hmm. was taken. Yeah, that, I uh, could tell you were a little we out of it. We sent out to everybody. So you
2: have new ideas for Saturday night playtime in the Hit Hammer household?
6: <laughs> like, I'm telling you, I need to become friends with Conrad Murray, because he's got the hookups now. Uh-huh. Doesn't sound like he knows the dosages all that well. But, uh, no, it was quick, in and out. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And I didn't get as tired
1: as everybody said I would afterwards. I was up
6: for the rest of the night.
1: Yeah. Um, So do you understand now why everybody says it's the prep that's the hard part? The actual colonoscopy is nothing, but it's the day before.
6: Yeah, and (laughs) the thing is it's not necessarily even going number two that much you know (laughs) it's drinking all of that gatorade with the mixture
1: sludge it's so
6: gross now listen i like a good beverage i could play century club like a champ Mm -hmm. i could still you know i drink kevin under the table at a night with wibc Mm -hmm. but when you're telling me i've got to drink 64 ounces of gatorade Mm -hmm. mixed with crapper stuff (laughs) and it's got to be eight ounces every 15 minutes you had to like space it out at first you're like all right let's go here Mm -hmm. we go Mm toward the end you're like if i have to drink another thing yeah. of gatorade
2: can yeah. you spike it a little bit unfortunately no. not because
1: oh. and did you get through all of it yeah i did not really on my the, the last serving i didn't get through all of it no but. i got through all of it and
6: <laughs> i didn't break the seal so mm-hmm. to speak until
1: about two or
6: three things left yeah so i was thinking to myself man, this isn't working. It's not taking. Something's wrong with me. Yeah. You know, it's not taking. Mm-hmm. Did I not mix it up right and yeah. everything? And, and then, then the floodgates open. Right. It's yeah. like when you first take that pee on a road trip, you know, you <laughs> might make it two to three hours in. You can leave from Indianapolis and you can make it to Tennessee without having to stop. But
1: once you stop in Tennessee...
6: It is on like hitting, Donkey Kong. You're Tennessee
1: <laughs> a few times in Alabama and then a few times again in Florida on your way down. Woke up a couple
6: times during my sleep, uh, 5 o'clock, AM. I think, was the last round Ooh. of uh, waterfalls, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, But after that, you know, went to the doctor, boom, mm-hmm. goes the Dynamite. Healthy, clean butt. That's a good feeling, isn't it? It is. And joking aside, I'm glad that I did it because yeah. I've got uh, a good friend of mine used to work here. We all know Joe staysniak right? He was friends with John Andretti, mm-hmm. longtime race car driver. He passed away from colon cancer and they started this big push, check it for Andretti. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? The least I can do is try to take care my family so they don't have to take care of my infected anus, you know, in case there's something wrong. Do you get a
2: certificate that you could frame and put on the wall of your office? I wish. I want a picture. Like, I want it to have the photo up there. This butt has been marked safe. I want you to change your profile picture, please.
1: <laughs> so, did you have a big meal afterwards? Weren't you starving? Oh, so hungry. Yeah. Uh,
6: we, we just got a little Applebee's carryout and then took that home and then... You're
1: fancy-like. Pass-
6: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> took care of Cheryl, Rob's bartender. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I passed out candy like last night, which, surprisingly, we had a large amount of trick-or-treaters last night. Did you? I had zero. We had about 50. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, So you're thinking the weigh-in on Friday. So here's where we're at. And because of the amount of um, items that have been removed from my body the last couple days, (laughs) the amount of fluids, the volume, Uh I'm way down in weight. Yeah. I'm thinking about burning a timeout this week, Mm -hmm. not because I'm overweight, but because I'm down so much. It'll make the following
1: week too hard. Right.
6: This isn't a normal week of weight loss, and I want to do this the right way. So I'm thinking about Mm -hmm. burning a timeout this Friday, and then the next time I come back, which would be two weeks because I'm off next Friday, getting back to where we should be as we chug Head on into Thanksgiving.
1: I don't know. You said that's not a normal weight loss plan. I wish you could have told my old college roommate that. Oh, is she a puker? Oh, yeah. I bet she looks so great, though. The bathroom was disgusting like, sharing with
6: her. Those supermodels, they throw <laughs> up all the time, but my God, do their bodies look great. Hey, what do you have coming <laughs> up this afternoon? <laughs> Thank you, Brad. I was waiting for somebody to react to that. <laughs> Kevin, Brad, somebody. (laughs) Um, We've got uh, Tony Kennett joining us
1: and biggest stories of the day. Thank you. It's Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC.